The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome to another session here at the Kickpod Dojo. I'm your host slash sensei, TJ Williams, giving you the insider of my martial arts journey, analyzing and discussing martial arts-based subjects, and also highlighting martial arts past, present, and future. Today I got a little special guest for you, um, another UFAP member, coming from Henderson, Nevada, pretty much near Las Vegas, uh, Miss Tara Cox, um, that's um, owner and operator of um, Legacy Martial Arts. How are we doing today? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Oh, wonderful. Yeah, it's a wonderful conversation with your father, Mr. Gallagher. I mean, really. Uh, yeah, how did that go? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, how's things over in Vegas? Um, Things are good. Things are good. Yeah, bring the hot weather over here. I don't like the cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the hot, the heat gives me energy. Yeah, yeah. Even when you're here for like ITC, you enjoy that heat. Oh yeah, <laughs> I think I'm impervious. Really? Okay, so. This is what I normally do with my listeners. I kind of bring my guests, uh, help um, have my guests bring them back in time with their, um, how their journey went. So um, the first question would be, like, how would you describe yourself before martial arts enter your life? Describe myself before? Yeah, so, like, before martial arts even became part of your life, like, how would you describe yourself? Yeah, yeah, I think I, I remember him mentioning that, that you were, like, 
three, three years old and you were like, he would ask um, most of, or of course your siblings if they want to join class, but you were that one person or that one um, sibling that would definitely join class. Right. <laughs> yeah. I loved it. I loved it. I loved being there with my dad. I loved, you know, it was uh, when I was a kid and especially a teenager, it was kind of like a social thing for me too. You know, it was like, a really great opportunity and now I see even in my own program all the teens and the and just they become really great friends with each other and I had that growing up. It was you know, my friends in UFAC were literally like family to me, you know. And they still are. Yeah. So you pretty much answered my um second and third question. Like I'll say, what's that one event that got you interested and um that one event that got you started? You definitely talked about it right there that your father was like so into martial arts and then it says that's gotta be me. I mean I gotta be like yeah. my father. Well, I, I have to say too, yes, that was a big part. But I also I remember I so I used to go to the at the time, it was called the Quran Convention, but now we call it the ITC. I used to go as a spectator all the time. And then when I got a little older and I started, you know, friends that were training when they would be at the ITC, that really motivated me to get my black belt. I didn't get my black belt until I was 15, even though I started at such a young age, just because I, you know, I did other things and I was busy in high school. I was a cheerleader, I was a dancer, I, you know, I did other things, but karate was always there, and so when I, um, when I went to one of the ITCs and just saw all my friends working out, and I just decided, I want to do this too, I want to get my black belt, because at the time, the karate convention was black belts only, and so... Um, it wasn't until years later that we opened it up to all ranks. And so I just, I loved it. I loved, and so that motivated me to really hunker down and train and get my black belt. So. Yeah. Well, let's talk about your first cry lesson. All right, so here's okay. all. Okay, so Mr. Gallagher kind of like set aside um, everything else and kind of taught you the first lesson. So can you describe your, your first cry lesson? Not a lot of people can remember their first lessons. I mean, me and I can remember my first lesson. I mean, I started when I, when I was, um, it was almost 25 years since I started. And I remember I started with a cold. I came here, well, oh, really? I wasn't extremely sick, but I mean, I was excited that I was um, starting my first karate lesson. I mean, I didn't have no karate gi yet. So that was like, right. the, that was a start. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
Uh, oh, okay, since we're talking about you're getting your black belt, so can you describe your first black belt test? I remember that vividly, actually. I, so my first degree test was down in Arizona. Um, we, I had to travel. That's where our um, region was testing for that test cycle. And um, I remember I had... Uh, a couple of people actually that have still stayed in your staff. Like I tested, uh, Nicholas Sheets was actually testing for his second degree when I was testing for my first. And he was younger than me. He was, um, he thought he was maybe like 11 or something at the time. But um, it, there was probably, and then there was a big group from Mexico that came to my testing, or that were testing with me too. Um, and uh, I remember the board of, like, the testing board was huge. It was Mr. Wright, Mr. Potter, uh, I think Mr. Rodriguez was on the board, maybe, or I know, uh, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> or maybe it was like, um, I think Mr. Silver. Um, it, was, it was a big, big board. It was probably. Uh, if I went back and looked, I think I, I remember there being maybe like 18 to 21 black belts on the board. Ooh. And yeah, it was a big board. And then the testing was pretty big too. I think there was probably 25, 30 people testing with us that day. Ooh. It was a big test. So, um, and I remember just being super nervous. And I, I had a couple of friends that traveled down there with my family um, to support me and to watch the test. And so that was kind of exciting. And, um, I remember, so when I was a kid, like younger, I had a bike accident and I knocked my front two teeth out. Ooh. And yeah, so I had, um, I had like, uh, like fake teeth. Uh, they weren't removable. They were permanent, but I was like, kind of nervous about getting my teeth knocked out, like, at my testing or something, you know, like, especially there was a lot of fighters from Mexico, and they were all, you know, like, their reputation was that they were really good fighters, and so, um, I was kind of nervous, and so I remember asking my dad before the test, I said, well, what happens, dad, if I, like, what if I get, like, my teeth knocked out or something, and he's like, you stand up keep going, uh, you know, it doesn't matter what happens, you just push through, you keep going. So I um, I remember just being so nervous that when they matched me up with this kid from Mexico that was about my size, um, I just decided I was going to be the aggressor. I was going to be the one that I wasn't going to let him get in on me first, you know. And so I lunched in and did like that, I think like a round kick to the to the growing or maybe to the midsection and it just like knocked him down. And I was like, Oh and I kinda of backed up and you know, then we kinda of had like a normal, you know, sparring interaction. But um well I remember uh my and then my when the test was over, my dad pulled me in and my grandma was there too, my dad's mom. And uh and he called her into the room, too, and, um, you know, the room was full because it was, 
I keep it in my gear bag. Yeah. And uh, it's not really able to be worn because it's so, like, worn out. Like, it's like the threads are, like, coming off of it. Yeah. So, but it's, um, it was an honor that, you know, that he awarded that to me when he announced that I passed my test. And so it was a really great memory. It was a really... Um, exciting day that I'll probably never forget. So. Yeah. I can still remember my um, first degree black belt test. And I still got the actual belt that I actually got from my first degree black belt. I haven't changed my belt since. It's probably been like 16... Really? It's probably been 16 years since I got my first degree black belt. It's like coming wow. up... It's coming up next month that um I did my first degree wow. black belt. Yeah. yeah. And I can remember me being nervous for my second degree. I mean, you were worried about getting your teeth knocked out, but... Like before, oh. before my second degree test, I kind of like cracked my ribs, and I was like worried. Oh. Yeah, I was worried about if I was gonna spar and I was gonna get kicked in the ribs. But you know, I was pretty much careful throughout that test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, but definitely, right. I can say, like, after the um, black belt test, I mean, I got pretty much a good reward. I mean, I got ripped pants and a cramp. I mean, <laughs> man, I can say that's hard work. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. But, yeah, but definitely that was like homecoming week for me because yeah, that was during my senior year that I got my first degree uh. black belt test. Hey, I was remember going to that um, homecoming dance and I was telling my friends that um. I got my black belt and, you know, I was like getting congratulations and everything. That was like the best like night I had. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. That's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. All right. So let's go on to like, um, you having your own school. So before you had your own school, did you just like start teaching when you got your black belt? So yeah, I used to teach with my dad. Turns things over to me. I was like nervous about it, you know. But then 
business he was having at the time and just really busy work schedule and it was hard for him to do both. So, um, so he shut the school down. It was closed for about a year, year and a half. And then I got pregnant with Alexa, my first child. Mm-hmm. And, um, when, and then when she was born, my husband at the time, my husband and I decided that we, that I would try and reopen my dad's school or at least, you know, start my own program, but maybe try and get some of my dad's former students back. And so I contacted um, some of them. I contacted the ones that we still had contacted before. And I got four students back. And so I started in my garage um, in 1996 is when I first opened the school. And uh, a month after my daughter was born, and um, just fell in love with teaching, fell in love with running a school, and then um, built the program to, it was just a garage program, and then we ended up moving houses, and I had a bigger garage, and so um, I ended up getting about 40 to 55 students that I had there, and the, you know, I would open more and more classes, and um, and then my brother approached me in 2011, it was, like the end of 2011, uh, and he said, because he was coming, I was having him come and teach a jiu-jitsu class, he got really into, my brother's a black belt as well, in the, in the check system, but he also got really heavily into the jiu-jitsu. And he started training with a guy here locally. So I had him coming and teaching some of my jiu-jitsu classes. And um, then he said, hey, what do you think about opening like a commercial location? Take in your program and let's yeah. go open in a commercial location. And so we thought about it. We talked about it a lot. We did some research. We found a place that was close to both of us pretty much and um and we just took the leap and in 2012 we opened a school together and um and ever since then it's just been we started out as Cox and Gallagher martial arts it was Tara Cox Karate and um before that and then uh and then we switched it to Cox and Gallagher and then um my brother after several years, I can't remember what year it was, maybe two thousand fifteen, two thousand sixteen, right around there. He was so busy with traveling for work that it was really hard for him to partner with me. So he stepped away, um sadly, because he was just so phenomenal. But um but I understood, you know, his his main priority was obviously his work because he had to feed his family and the karate studio at the time was just kind of a side you know hobby thing for him so um anyway so now I just run it on my own I'm a slow owner and um I still have a jiu-jitsu program he started the jiu-jitsu program and our jiu-jitsu program is just fantastic and um I mean it had to shut down during COVID for a little bit which is you know kind of typical of what everyone experienced but um, but right now it's going great. I have a great group of students. I have, 
this crazy world right now. Yeah. You know? Yeah, just... So... Yeah, just uh, thinking about it, like, um, of course, Mr. Pressy had to move to a different location. I mean, we're just working on that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it looks nice now. I mean, I can't wait for it to open up. I, yeah, be able to teach more I, classes. When does it open up? When does it open up? Well, he's, it should be open up soon because he got, like, the... Of course, he got the place fixed up. He's all he got to do is just put the mats down and everything, and of course, um, I guess it'll be open up probably in the beginning of October, if I'm guessing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just a couple weeks then. Yeah. Now I think he, I think he mentioned, yeah, I think he mentioned that um, he did a seminar at your school, like in your garage. I think he was doing over kata or something. I think somebody was doing a seminar. Yeah. Definitely, it'd be good to see Mr. Gallagher in New York. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, really, I'd like to see Mr. Gallagher visit. Speaking of the convention, I mean, this year convention is like the comeback since the drop of Coben. I mean, what's your reaction to that? I was so pleased. I was so excited to be back in person and um, and see everyone. You know, we had the the online, you know, the virtual ITC, which was better than nothing, of course. You know, we still got some seminars. We still had some, you know, interaction with everyone, but... Just being back in person and being able to see everyone and um, interact and out and have the tournament again and the banquet and just everything was just, oh, it was just, it was good for the soul. I felt like it was good for, it was good for my soul, at least. I, it was awesome. And, you know, there's, logistically, there's always things that, that we learn from and, and try to make better for the following year and you know so there's already things that we're working on for next year that will hopefully be even better so yeah definitely i'm looking forward to next year of course definitely this year was felt promising for me i mean for one i mean i felt like i like one could have won anything i mean i was nominated for most inspirational which was definitely excellent yes congratulations on that that's awesome yeah, I mean, I've pretty much been on a mission since the um, pandemic dropped. I mean, they're thinking about it. 
been laid off from my job for two months and, you know, I was getting myself back in shape. You know, definitely gave me time to do a lot of things, especially come up with this podcast. Yeah, just thinking, yeah. yeah. That's great. Yeah, this this is like the best idea I came up with. I mean, really. I love it. I love that. All right. So definitely. Uh, oh, I definitely got a question for you. I know you mentioned that you had like outside talent. Um, um, other than martial arts, you said you mentioned you did cheerleading. I gotta see you sing one of these days. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Uh, right, so, have you done any concerts with um singing, or you just like do singing by yourself? So you wasn't thinking about American Idol, right? tool for anything. I mean, there's always time for something. Yeah. Speaking of which, here's a little um thing I've um, kind of came up with um to kind of end this a little bit. So I got about eight questions to ask you. All right, so the okay. first the first one would be, what was the best piece of advice that someone gave you, and who said it? Thank you. 
posted it on Instagram, and uh, it's Maya Angelou, and it says, uh, do the best you can until you know better, and then when you know better, do better, and I just feel like that just resonates with me right now, and my dad um, has told me something similar, you know, like throughout my life, to just do the best you can, just be the best person you can, and everything will just kind of fall into place after that. And so um, that's probably the thing that sticks in my mind right now. So, right. so I know this, this next question will probably... Okay, number three, martial arts crush. Would you reward yourself like is it like a best award like you you done you accomplished a lot so how would you best award yourself So I know you watch watch a lot of uh, Mr. Norris mo- movies. So uh, <laughs> out of all, out of all those movies, which movie would you like to star in? I was in one of his movies. Did you know that? Oh no, which one? I was in Sidekicks. Oh oh, why why have I asked? That's too obvious. I gotta watch it so <laughs> I can find you. Yeah, I loved Love, 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 McQuaid. That was probably like my favorite Chuck Norris movie ever. That or like the, one of the Delta Force movies. I liked the Delta Force movies too. Yeah. 
Yeah. A, a secret talent. A talent that nobody knows about. I guess my secret talent is like nobody doesn't know I could do voice impersonations, at least some voice impersonations. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. That's cool. Uh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, well, that's probably the hidden talent that I've um, found out to. Uh, I kind of have that deep voice of James Earl Jones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can see that. I can see it. <laughs> uh, all right. Dream celebrity encounter. Yep. Think that same thing, meet Tay Tay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, last one. Future accomplishments. So, would you? How would you see yourself in ten more years? kids yet i mean i got two nieces <laughs> i mean one of them is right. one of them is a teenager now so i gotta worry about her growing up <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. all right so we're gonna close this out so you got any last words or last um wisdom to tell our listeners out there
Yeah, uh, Mr. Gallagher said he mentioned that he surfed. Um, do you ever taught you how to surf by any chance? Yes, I teach you how to surf. I wish. I kind of <laughs> wish. But I put the board. That's about as far as I get. But my brother surfed. He did teach my brother okay. how to surf. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, amazing. That's not a secret talent of mine, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, so thank you very much for joining me today. So I'm going to do my little closing for my um, podcast and definitely hope your rest of your day goes out well. All right. So here we go. All right. Okay. Um, for those who are just tuning into my podcast, uh, make sure you tune into my previous episodes on a BICPPRadio.com, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And I'll see you next time for another exciting episode of the Kickpot Dojo. This is your sensei, TJ Williams, bowing you out. <laughs>